Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from the Smut Studio. From the where? The Smut Studio. From the where, Andy Ruther? The Smut Studio. In? The Smut Studio. Venice Beach, California. With my co-host, Joey No Chill Prano. Hello, Andy. We're back. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. The mullet is in full effect. You you sat down, you had your shoes on, you were like, I gotta give the people what they want. I'm going directly to the socks. You're back. We got the foot fetish guy, he's probably in there lubing up right now. I mean, it's an exciting day, Andy. Welcome home. Or Thank would you. you like what what do you think when I say welcome home? Do you yeah. feel like you're home or do you feel like you were home? It's a good question. It's kind of deep. Home is where the heart is, Andy. It is. Um, I think this next week or two is going to be critical for me to decide my future. The show's not going anywhere, but... The show must go on. We'll see where I'm at. I, I was very happy and content in Ohio. I, I felt a lot of love for my family, and I slept great. I was not sleeping at all out here. So we'll see. But this is still home. Like, it was weird because I've never been gone this long from this apartment, from L.A. in general. So when I walked in, Tug was here. As we know, Tug has been keeping uh, everything at bay. He's been holding down the fort, as they say. Yep. He loaded my fridge with Trader Joe's. Talk about a good friend. Loaded it. Yeah, he f- he filled you up. I just texted him. I said he made me look bad. Yeah, I was in your using your car for a couple months. I left you with half a tank of gas and a tumbleweed of body hair. Well, Tug Tug used your apartment. You know, Tug sets the bar high for all of us. Yeah, Tug also has like a family, and he's like a responsible adult, and yeah, you know. So, so but let me ask you two questions. Yeah, what are you most excited about being back in Venice Beach for? Is there anything that you were like, I can't wait to get back? What's well, this? I mean, I said that for real. It's it's the it, podcast. It's us being on the couch, you being a couple feet from me, and and it'll be the beach. It's those two things. And what are you most uh, besides your family, of course? Besides you know, obviously being with your your father and your family that are basically all your brothers live in Cincinnati now. Um, what what will you miss the most about Ohio? The peace and quiet. Quiet. Of the suburbs. You get used to hearing the birds, the bugs. Like I said, it's just, you are in a bubble. Like when the world was being lit on fire after the George Floyd murder, mm-hmm. and every major city, including Cincinnati, got hit with you know some bad carnage, I was planting a garden. Yeah. Painting a house. I, You know, you're in your bubble. And, Quality and, of life. And there really is something to be said for that. So <laughs> uh, I tasted it for three months. 
And and we'll see where I'm at. We'll see where I'm at in a week. But I mean, I, I I'm not gonna lie. I loved being home, and I loved being with my family, for the most part. And that's what it is. You 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 said go where your heart is. And now you still have. I mean, your boy Cutter is still there. How much did you hang out with Cutter while you were in? A lot. Yeah. You guys got back to your old ways. Him and my and my buddy Scott. I hung out with those two, and I've known those guys since I was. I've known those guys thirty years. Hung out with them a lot, and you know, seven nephews and nieces. Yeah. So. I got my hands full. How about I mean, what was the relationship like life there? Were you were you getting on the hinge or the bumble? No, no, nothing. No dating apps. Nothing. Strictly uh You're strictly uh you've returned to your celibacy. No, I just it's not on my you know I, I do you know the car situation? I I didn't have access to a car really. Okay. I think we've explained this, right? Have we not explained this on the show? Your dad has two cars though. But one of them is stick. And you don't drive stick? Is that basically it? And he didn't like you driving the other car? He refused to let me drive the Acura RDX. Okay. I mean, I did occasionally. Yeah. He's He actually, I'm just going to bring it up on air. He had major issues with you driving my car. This That's is how, hilarious. This is how possessive he is. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, he had major issues with his own son driving his car. I mean, control freak. He would bring well, that, that. That's like the complete opposite of my. Like when I go home, my mom's like, "I'll figure out how to get to work and back. Just take my car while you're in New York." I drive like the Eastern Seaboard, and she like carpools to work with a friend. That's how my mom used to be. So yeah. I used to drive my mom's. She had a Hyundai Santa Fe, and I used to drive that. Walt legitimately. This is so funny. I'm so glad we're bringing this up. He legitimately had issues with you. He's like, what? What happens if he wrecks it? What? I go, Dad, you let friends drive cars. Like, then if he wrecks it, we got to deal with it. He would bring it up out of nowhere. You didn't tell him I was a world class driver, Tokyo drifting around. I said, I'm not. I'm not stressed. Well, he I kept, won multiple street races in your car. I hope you did. Now, that's a good street racing car. Yeah. I mean, I I took the took the nitrous out of it for your return. Yeah. You know, I didn't think you needed that kind of power. Yeah. But yeah, those little a little little hatchback. It souped it up. I had some ground effects going. Yeah. Yeah, he's a nut job. Control issue. But, so, he had, he has a second car, which is stick, which you don't drive, correct? It's a 2003 Honda Accord, which is what he usually drives. Right. So, the other car just sits in the driveway. I think, okay, see, he bought this Acura. It's a red Acura RDX. He bought this thing last summer. I think it has 6,000 miles on it. So would it just be sitting there and you'd be like, I want to go somewhere, but I can't because my dad doesn't let me drive the car? Yeah, but he started taking me places. <laughs> he would take me grocery shopping and Driving sit. Driving Miss Daisy. He would sit in the parking lot. I'm not lying. He would take me. Was he worried about you wrecking it? Yes. Was he he was worried about you wrecking it. He he won't. See, here's the thing. About he, has, my, he has car insurance. He doesn't let things die. This is the thing about my dad, which is fascinating. He's like, you're going to hit a, a fire hydrant? Yeah. I won't hear the end of it. He brings up shit that my brothers and I did 30-plus years ago. I mean, he he just... So I have this list. I'm going to post this on Twitter, actually. This is a good reminder of all the crazy quotes he said. Dude, he would bring up stuff. He's like, yeah, when, when Brad was nine, he ruined my lawnmower. I go, Brad's 43. <laughs> He's like, he ruined my lawnmower at nine. I don't trust you kids. And he, every little thing that we did, you have five boys. There's going to be a lot of fuck-ups, right? Every little fuck-up we did, he brings up. Or he'll remind us. 
Greg, remember that time you did this? Remember that? I'm like, what? Talk about holding on. Walt. Is that what he's doing when he's in the driveway, just staring at things? He's just thinking about all of his son's misdeeds? Who knows? I mean, those are those are those are craziness. Like he, the, the this the like because he's not he's barely moving. He's just literally staring. And you're in a neighborhood. It's not like he's going out on the front lawn of his farm and like looking out at the you know the crops or whatever. He's looking at the neighbor's house. Yeah, down the street. Yeah, that's what he does. Always investigating. And I think I showed a fair amount on my Instagram stories. There's so many more. Yeah. I got Nick working on a video. I mean, just the comments and, and the beer belly. Yeah, the beer belly. He's got he's got strong beer gut going. And the outfit. It's always basketball shorts, jacked up. Tucked in tucked in T shirt. Tucked in T shirt. Dress socks and loafers a lot of times. Yeah, dress socks and loafers. <laughs> Walt's got his own style. Style yeah. all his own. He's Dude, a style you, icon. Here's the thing, man. You think you roast me? I mean, Walt just roast me nonstop. Nonstop. His new joke that he wouldn't shut up, he hates my hair. I mean, hates it. Every day. Get a haircut. His new joke for the last, like, three weeks is you look like a protester. Because of your hair? Yeah. <laughs> you gonna go riot today? You gonna go loot? I mean, it's, it's unbelievable that a guy who's standing out in the front lawn with loafers and dress socks and basketball shorts on is roasting anyone i know that's 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 the best part of all of it that he just does that <laughs> well it's good to have you back to Thanks, make Brad. sure to make sure you don't miss wall too much i will roast you endlessly oh, your sure hair is ridiculous it, it's absurd <laughs> yeah. you've got like a You've got like a '90s house mom haircut. You're like you're like the original Karen when like in the '90s women started going like, "What about short hair? Maybe I go short." Yeah, you got the original Karen going, old school Karen. It's almost Mrs. Brady when she had a yeah. mullet. Yeah, it's almost Carol Brady. Yeah, we Florence get Henderson in the front. Yeah, it's weird to hear all this noise, man. That's what I'm talking about. Songs in the background. Crackheads. Yeah. Just some just some guy playing the fucking accordion out there. Like what Venice is like <laughs> Venice is a whole Venice is Venice is honestly it's different even than when you left. Yeah. Venice has gone into hyperspeed. There is some sort of weird transition that's going on in Venice. I d I don't know if it's pandemic related or if it's I mean, the homeless situation in Venice has been something that's been getting out of control for I don't know. What would you say? Better part of two years now? Yeah, but so I moved in here in 2008. I mean, you can see that you, you literally can see a natural progression of basically the last 12 years. Yeah. But I'd <laughs> say I, the when last. When I moved to Venice in 2010, the big thing was the RVs. That was like the whole scandal then. Which they outlawed. Which they basically have outlawed. And um, or at least they put which, up enough. Which looking back on it. Not so bad. Yeah. Except the fact that they would dump shit and piss out of their RV. and Like, the RV thing isn't that, like, I, I actually thought the RV culture in Venice was, like, kind of a cool vibe. Except, you know, guys just go somewhere with your waist. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they didn't want to give up their spot, so then sure. they go somewhere. So now you have all these people on the street. But 
what I th- what I feel like has happened, especially since you've been gone. I mean, they've cleaned up Mildred. Mildred was still a nightmare when you left, right? But we just saw one of the bona fide Mildred guys. Right. Now he's on Venice Boulevard. <laughs> yeah, now he's on Pacific. I'm sorry, Pacific. Right outside yeah. Mouse, basically. Um, yeah, but there's this thing that they do where they, like, bomb a community, and then the community scatters, and then they set up these, like, satellite communities, and you're almost like, it's worse. Yeah. But it's not on your block anymore, which is nice. Yeah. But they fully take over blocks. Like, if there's no one there to fight them, yeah, they take over blocks. Sure. And it's just... I mean, it, it really feels like the city has given up on a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. F- beyond beyond the homeless thing. Just feel like the city of L.A. has given up on a lot of things. I think, well, people are giving up. Yeah. My buddy Kinner sent me. He was watching the news. And I don't know the accuracy of this. The, the On the news, it was a local, like, ABC News for L.A. It's a, according to statistics, 33% of L.A. renters are looking to move outside the city. Wow. And and I don't know what that, you know, that could just mean LA city, but they're getting it from somewhere. Yeah. That's saying one out of every three people. Zillow searches and, and Craigslist searches. And that's very, you know how high that is? Yeah. It's a third. They don't want to be in the city limits. Yeah. And I don't blame people. Well, Joe, we do have some sports to talk. I know we're back here reminiscing on, on the smart student updating the uh, homeless situation. But we got some sports. I'd say Venice right now, the decline of Venice is almost similar to the decline of baseball the last three or four years. Yeah. We've reached that point again. We we had, like, Venice in the 90s was like the pre-home run steroids thing. Then we had, like, a little bit of a downturn. Right. And then and then like the the last decade or so was been been a great building of this neighborhood. Really? I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, keep Venice weird and all that stuff. But like it's not bad to live in a place that has the highest, you know, per square foot rentals in it with with gentrification comes nice things. Generally. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. The the restaurant across the street, for the better part of the 10 years that we've been here, was like nothing. Yeah. It was just like, you know, oh, we're going to tear now Tokoya again. Like, it's a nice taco spot, yeah. you know. Um, but much like baseball, the last couple of years has been a nightmare. Yeah. And that's where we're at right now. I feel every time we do a show, it's just getting worse and worse. So first it was the Miami Marlins. Now it's the St. Louis Cardinals, where I was just at, the hotbed now. And apparently a bunch of the guys went to the, some of the casinos. There's tons of riverboat casinos and casinos on the Mississippi. So now they haven't played for a few days. It's kind of crazy that everybody explored the plan of the bubble. And only the NBA did it. And, and the NBA's thriving. The NBA is more exciting, in my opinion, than it has been since when? I don't know. Like, do you agree the bubble is in basketball is thriving? Now, I watched the first Lakers Scoring's game. Scoring's up. The second Games game. Games are exciting. Yeah. 
there's this, there's almost this like pickup game vibe. The players are talking about how shooting with like the sh- the short backdrops is making it easier. Like guys are having huge games. Guys who guys you've never heard of having huge games. Guys you have heard of doing crazy things. Like it's awesome. Baseball explored it. Should have done it forever ago. We should have had baseball June 1 in an Arizona and Florida bubble. And instead, we get baseball at the end of July with travel involved, people in cities, people able to move, and it's a nightmare. Yeah, so I'm just, obviously, I was, I've been traveling all day across the country, and uh, I was with my buddy, so I wasn't paying the closest attention this weekend, but the Cardinals game is suspended again tonight. I'm sorry, postponed tonight. The Cardinals have played five games. Yeah. The Reds have played nine. Yeah. The Cubs have played nine. Yep. Pittsburgh's played nine. The Brewers have played six. Like, when are we making these games up? The Phillies have played three games. The Marlins have played three games. So I just named four teams in the NL who are way under the games compared to the other. And I feel like baseball strategy is like, let's just see what happens because maybe every team at some point will get shut down. And it's just like, it's so. So 13 Cardinals now. Yeah. Or members of the organization. So we're, we're up to the Marlins numbers now. Yeah. And this is after the Marlins thing happened and the Cardinals still still doing it. You can you essentially cannot trust these people, which we've seen with the population in the United States in general, but you can't trust people not to make dumb decisions it's, it's, that continue to ruin shit for everybody. Meanwhile in basketball they're like basketball is essentially doing what every nation should have done. Everybody stay in your fucking bubble. And do whatever you want in your bubble. And basketball is thriving. Yeah. Well, here's somebody in the YouTube comments. The Cardinals will now have to play 55 games in 49 days. What? Right. Well, the Reds did the doubleheader yesterday. Right. The two seventh inning, right. seventh inning games against the Tigers. I just, but but you're right. Like you can't control. So obviously, I flew today, and you have to wear a mask in the airports on the flight. Everybody did. But it was interesting. At one point in the flight, there's a woman and her two kids who's sitting by me. She, no lie, took off her mask to do makeup. No, I'm not exaggerating. The last hour of our flight, she had her mask off doing makeup. I don't care, but my thought process is, this is not the place to be taken. Like, you're not taking it off to readjust it. When you take it off for an hour, you're definitely exposing yourself way more than like and 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 I kept th- I and kept t- and taking it off for five minutes to eat pretzels exactly is one thing which I did but it, it the the point of she's doing it for makeup. Guess what you're gonna do when you get off this plane? You're gonna put your mask back on. The idea like. The idea of going to a casino and she did. is as dumb as women. You don't need makeup right now. Yeah. If you need makeup under your mask, you have you have the most insecurity 
I've ever seen. Like, go speak to a therapist. That's what I was so confused on. I'm not lying. It was easily an hour, maybe more. And I kept thinking, is she going to then put the mask back on? Because she's going to have to when she goes through LAX. And she put it back on on the flight. And I'm thinking, everywhere you go in LA, you have to wear a mask. You just risked a potential contamination. But that, but that's what's happening. And people are reckless. These players are reckless. I just... It's not even reckless. It's dumb. It's just stupid. Yeah. You're... What, what are you doing? You're a Major League Baseball player. You have a ton of money. If you go to a casino, you're going to make what? Like, we're not talking about... Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley here going and like having gambling addictions. Like you just want to get out, make a little money gambling. Like now you've lost money because you can't play. Yeah. Well, and again, I go back to, I go back to the original thing. The NBA is thriving. And by the way, I blame the players. Yeah, you should. No, even for not having a bubble. If you recall, the players wanted no part during the negotiations they wanted no part of a Florida or Arizona bubble. They didn't. But that was also that was also mid negotiations. The original thing was we'll play if we'll start the season and we'll play and then the 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 major league baseball was we're going to roll you back to the thing. Like I I thought that the players were interested in playing. Oh yeah, we'll play in Arizona and Florida. As long as we're playing 162 or 120 or whatever it is. And now that we get the 60-game season, it's like, why are we going to do bubbles and play 60 games? But we uh, see why now. Right. I understand. But, again, the the NBA figured it out. And baseball, in the NBA, there isn't, there isn't at any point in the year. Like, it's not like everybody goes to Orlando for spring training. You know what I mean? This is they, they they came up with this idea of like let's have a bubble. Baseball is already set up that way. There are two homes for spring training. Yeah. So they could have done a bubble in Arizona in just Arizona. Yeah. They could have done a bubble in just Florida. They easily could have done two separate ones and I'm not talking about everybody being in Phoenix. That's not really a bubble, no. right? There when you go to those complexes you go to the Rockies complex in Arizona. There's 12 ball fields. Yeah. They could have all been in fucking Peoria. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So many missed opportunities and just just, just not planned well. Now, you probably want the season to end. The Mets are what, 3-7? and seven? The Mets are a debacle for a variety of reasons, including, you know, a trash-ass bullpen, uh, Tons of injuries on their pitching staff. Cespedes walking away. Uh, you know, and and poor Jacob deGrom, again, the goddamn best pitcher in baseball. Without Jacob deGrom throws his slider harder than 99.9% of the league throws their fastball. The guy has taken his pitching to the next level. He has zero wins. They can't get him a fucking win. Like, don't even get me started on the Mets. At this point, actually, what I want is the Mets to be awful, like beyond awful. We need the Wilpons to like give up, I, like they need to be. They need to embarrass themselves. 
which they kind of generally do anyway. But we need the fucking Steve Cohen. We need the J-Lo, A-Rod, whatever. Well, whoever. I don't care who it is at this point. Just not them. So what happened to Cespedes? Cespedes. Essentially, so Brody, our fucking GM, is a former CAA agent. He negotiated Joanna Cespedes' $110 million four-year deal a couple years ago. Now, we can talk all about the Wilpons being a fucking nightmare, hiring an agent, specifically the agent of multiple of their players, to be their GM with absolutely no experience being a, a GM. Well, the Lakers did that with Rob Palenka. Great. And and how are the Lakers so far? Uh, he loved fucking Kobe Bryant. Great. Awesome. I'm saying they're a number one seed. Right. Right now. Because yeah. LeBron decided to come to, like, we we all agree that that's, the Lakers are LeBron right now. And, so And Anthony Davis. Sure. Sure. But the Pelicans had Anthony Davis, and where were they? You know? Yes, absolutely. Anthony Davis. And we'll get to talking about Anthony Davis, but... Uh, so Cespedes renegotiates his contract for this year to some sort of like basically incentive laden contract. If he qualifies in at bats, games played, home runs, if he's an all-star, all this stuff, he, his contract blows up. Otherwise they're going to be like, fuck off. You haven't played in two years. Yeah. So he con he starts the year. He sucks. The uh, the manager benches him one game, and then the manager puts him on the bench yesterday. Now again, this is like this is two games. Yeah, the second time he was going to be out of the lineup, he decides to opt out because he knows if he's going to be being mixed in the lineup, he's never going to hit these incentives. He doesn't give a shit what's good for the team. And he 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 just wants to make his money, but yet at the same time he's opting out, and now he's going to make none of the money. It just seems so ridiculous considering the way that the Mets like. I've actually been a Cespedes defender, and and that's over. And I think a lot of Mets fans is like, yes, some of the injuries were like he fell in a hole after riding a horse on his fucking ranch in Florida, and like whatever, but. He's one of those guys, you got to take the good with the bad. We've known, everybody knows who Cespedes is this whole time. He's kind of a lunatic. You know, he's kind of a wild card. He's definitely, you know, yeah. You know, he's riding a horse to spring training. But when he performs, he's worth it. He's worth all the trouble. When he doesn't play for two years, you're like, this fucking guy. And then, okay, he comes back, he's healthy. But he's not in the lineup two games, and it's just such a bullshit thing to use. Like, dude, you're clearly not worried. He was at the mall yesterday. Did you see this? No. He was at the mall. Like, some kids put an Instagram of him at the mall. So he's not worried about the virus. He's at a mall. Like, yeah. Like, he just totally, like, shout out to Matty Goldberg, who's trying to, you know, tell me about Cespedes years ago. Like, the, the, the thing, and... Maddie was right. Maddie was right. But the thing is, is the people who are critical of Cespedes for being a hot and cold guy is like, you have to know that. The Mets knew that. 
And the Mets were going, we will deal with all the cold for when he's hot. But this is where, dude, if you're healthy and you can play, especially after being injured, the idea that he was injured for two full years got paid and then is healthy and is opting out is ridiculous. You're not even mentioning he was MIA. The Mets didn't even know where he was. Right. He, He didn't even give them the benefit of saying, I'm not playing. Right. Very selfish. Yeah. And ridiculous. And he's at the mall. And he's a piece of trash, and I hope, hopefully, he's, you know, and, and what's then, he, what's he buying at the mall? Who knows? And then he's, and then he fucking a uses cowboy the, hat. He uses the Mets to what? Show he's healthy, so another team signs him. Who's signing a guy that is just gonna walk away? You know, somebody, one of my friends, <coughs> who's a uh, San Francisco Giants fan, was like, "Oh, fuck Posey," and I was like. Well, Posey, like, adopted two premature babies, and he's worried about their health. And he's like, oh, well, I didn't know that. You know what I mean? And, like, there, like, there are different reasons to opt out in this thing. But who is signing a guy who's just going, like, fuck my team? Yeah. Like, literally, fuck my team. Yeah, he's an asshole. Also, you're being benched because you aren't hitting for shit. Sure. So how dare you be like, oh, I'm going to leave because you're not playing me. You want to play? Dude, if 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 he was doing what Aaron Judge is doing right now, he's not out of the lineup. Well, he just gave up. Yeah. He just quit. He's a quitter. It's it's, it's ridiculously so. That's what, but that's what he is. He's just a quitter. He's a quitter. He just gave up. Well, Joe, live sports are back, as we know, and it's very possible that we may see an NBA matchup between the Clippers and the Nuggets. That's why our partners at Manscaped have partnered with us to make sure your nuggets are as safe as possible when the matchup happens. You just gave me some of the Manscaped stuff that has arrived when I was in Cincinnati. Trim up my old nose hairs. The the nose ear hair trimmer is just, you know, undefeated. Which is perfect right now because I'm disgusting. Yeah, and I got to say, you know, there, you always go into a, you know, what you, every man in the history of the world has bought a nose and ear hair trimmer because they got to a desperate situation where they're like, God, I need to get a nose. And you always go to the store and they're always either, they're, you're either buying one that's too expensive or one that's garbage and is going to break on you after one use. The Manscaped nose, ear hair trimmer, the weed whacker. The weed whacker. Whacker. Is perfect. It's not expensive, and it works like the Rolls Royce of ear and nose hair trimmers. And the truth is, I'll just be honest with you guys. I'm a hairy dude. Uh, I'm just gonna say it. I don't think I've confessed to this, but I'll say it on air. I have been getting my ear and nose waxed for the last year. They go inside your nose. Yes, yeah, and she pulls it out. <laughs> I kind of get off on it. Yeah. It tingles, you, your eyes water. I'm going to get my nose and ear hair waxed for last year. Well, guess what? COVID hit. She ain't open. Yeah. This is where our friends at Manscaped come in, get the weed whacker. And, of course, my favorite, your favorite, the Lawnmower 3.0 yep. to clean up your junk. Well, Dirt Balls get 20% off, 20% off and free shipping with the code DIRTY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping 
at manscaped.com. Once again, use promo code DIRTY. Take your grooming game to the next level. So many great products. Clean up your junk. Clean up your nose hair. You know, they have the new luxury four-piece nail kit, which is great. All these great products, manscaped.com. Drop that promo code DIRTY to get 20% off. Okay. NBA, you alluded to it. Started on Thursday, so we've had about a full weekend, a long weekend of NBA play. I've just caught the two Lakers games. Full disclosure, I was with friends in St. Louis and doing those sort of things. You seem very excited about this. I mean, it's been exciting. Uh, The overs are going bananas. Scoring is out of control. The shooting is out of control. The best players in the league are playing incredibly well, basically across the board. I mean, like from LeBron to Anthony Davis, Kawhi, Giannis. I didn't think LeBron looked that good in the first game. LeBron didn't look uh, incredible scoring-wise and shooting-wise in the first game. He also locked down Kawhi and Paul George on back-to-back. He was dishing out assists. That game was very sloppy. Yeah. Well, it was literally the first game back. Yeah. But Anthony Davis looked fantastic in that game. He was great. And... You know, I got a lot of messages. Joe, you said the Lakers-Clippers matchup, that that the reason that you like the Lakers still is who's going to guard Anthony Davis. Now, Montrez was out. Lou Williams was out with uh, strip clubitis, and uh, the Lakers win. But Anthony Davis looked hard to guard for that Clippers team. And they... The, you know, the the stops by LeBron. LeBron takes Kawhi on that final position and then switches off and goes to Paul George. He said prior to the year, I'm going to pass the ball and I'm going to play defense. I just say, like, yeah, did he look rusty offensively? Did he look rusty shooting the ball? Yeah, but, like, I still like the Lakers' chances with the br- because of the break. And, uh, I mean... Then we've got the Rockets have looked great in two games. They they pull away from the uh, Mavs in a great game, you know, a couple days ago. Uh, they beat the Bucks yesterday. They shoot 61 threes. I think the shooting thing, I mean, talk about D'Antoni Ball. D'Antoni Ball is going to be on steroids in the bubble. Everybody's already talked about this. The, the shooting backdrop, the not having to play with the with a large arena behind the thing. just you're it's like you're shooting in the gym. So my brother actually sent me the screenshot of the box score with the Rockets Bucks game yesterday. The Bucks out rebounded the Rockets by 29 rebounds and they even shot 11% better from the field and they still lost. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. The Rockets, I think they went 21 for 61, I believe it was the... Correct. I mean, 61 threes. Yeah. But even in that Mavs game, in the Mavs game that I that went to overtime, I believe, um, I wa- I've watched a lot of basketball in four days. Uh, the, like, Luka and Perzingis look incredible. Yeah. Um, the, the, and then the Rockets pull away at the end. It's like... I just think scoring is going to go bananas because, again, it's it's got a small gym feel. Sure. It's pickup game feel. And when you're in a pickup game, these guys just have that, like, there's just like a lack of pressure. 
there's this like, you know, cavalier attitude towards shooting. And I think that that is going to help the great shooting teams. What's up with the digital fans? Do we know about this thing? Like, yeah. what's that cost? What's it cost to be a digital fan? Some teams are struggling, I've noticed. Yeah, I don't I don't know what... The, the New Orleans know. Pelicans are struggling. Right. Some I th- don't know if there's, a, it, like, how that works cost-wise. I mean, I know, obviously, you, you see it, and it's pretty cool. Again, like, we had... I watched the Mets game on Fox the other day, and they did the Mets-Red Sox game, and they did... Fox was using, like, wasn't using the natural audio... But then they were pumping in crowd noise for the broadcast. Then they were putting digital fans in the stand. I'm like, this is so stupid. I hate to say it, but the NBA getting it right again. They don't have cardboard cutouts. They have digital fans. Yeah. Digital fans in a bubble greater than anything baseball has figured out yet. Meanwhile, baseball, you can't throw it around the horn. That's what baseball's come up with for COVID. No throwing the ball around after somebody strikes out, which is throwing all these pitchers off because they walk around after their strikeout, and the catcher's like, it's coming back. Well, by the way, baseball's not enforcing their rules, and I'm not trying to be a carrier. Spitting all over the place. Bubble gum. I'm watching the Reds game last week. I'm like, that's I know that's a rule. You can't have guys chewing, smacking gum at batting, spitting, like you're saying. I mean... Yeah, I'll be curious how this plays out. Uh, looks like Zion, some guy's got in shape. Looks like Zion packed on a few pounds Yeah, during uh, the pandemic. He just seems like a guy who's got that build, and he'll always have that build. And, like, the idea of the best shape, it, it just feels like very Charles Barkley-ish to me. It's like, oh, you know, one of those guys are Shaq-ish, where it's like, oh, he's coming back in the best shape of his life. He's, like, he's always going to be a big dude. Yeah. Um, and they're limiting his minutes. Sure. And, you know, it's uh, it's going to be a fun end of the NBA season, I, I think. I think it's going to be I think so it's going to be kind of magical. They were only playing eight games, correct, before the postseason? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's August 15th or something like that. I think 13th. 13th is the final game yeah. of the regular season. Yeah. So what are you doing? Like, take me through. These games start real early, right, a lot of times? Yeah, there was a there was a Raptors game on today. So, like, I could just have a couple of the TVs going. Yeah. Watching NBA ball. Getting updates on the bottom about which football players are opting out, which baseball players have gone to a casino, and which baseball players are going, you know, to the club. I can't keep track, man. Yeah. There's, there's too much COVID news. Well, one thing that I noticed Thursday night watching the Lakers-Clippers game, we had a lot of dirt balls joining us in the Stakes app, which I loved. Yeah, Stakes app is great. Right? Guys, if you have not joined yet, download the Stakes app. It's a new free app that takes game time to another level. It's real simple. You just watch the game. You answer live questions in the Stakes app, and you can win real cash. It's sort of like HQ trivia meets live sports meets your group chat. That's exactly how I would have described it. If they hadn't given us that in the ad read, I still would have described it that way. Exactly. The best part, it's totally free to download, and it's free to play. And it's stuff like who's going to score the first basket. Oh, it's great. Which team's going to be you know, ahead at the end of the first quarter. Which team's going to call a timeout first. Like all kinds of fun little you know, 
prop bets, if you will. Well, and also, I loved, we were having our own conversations. Yeah. Like CT, shout out to Hall of Fame Dirtball CT. He was in there, and we were having discussions. I, I learned things in the Stakes app, because you can talk to everybody. I learned that Joe Kim Noah had some freak accident, which I, I, didn't, which I didn't know about. Like, he dropped something on his foot. Okay. And I'm hearing this story in the Stakes app. In fact, I'm going to give a shout-out to some of the dirtballs that I've seen playing a lot of games. These are some of the dirtballs that have been in there, so shout-out to you guys. I just mentioned CT, Ryan Bindi, Chris Kamen, your mom. That's a good <laughs> That's a good name. Chris Kamen, your mom. JDog110, shout-out to Reddit user uh, Perry, PP Wada, take a chance. Not Reddit user, the, the, uh, I'm the sorry. manager of our Reddit group. I'm sorry. Yeah, I misspoke there. But uh, a lot of you guys are in there, and like I said, I was there. I was away with my friends all weekend, but I'll be in there on during the nights. So it's great to talk shit, and not even talk shit, just share stories. And I, so on the Stakes app, I what what was what was I won eight coins on my I I wagered all everything I had. Yeah, that the Lakers all would, in that the Lakers would win single digits, and. Uh, that came true. So, Dirtballs, join our private group. Jo- I'm sorry, join our private Dirty Sports Chat. Group chat. Jesus, I can't talk. Join our private Dirty Sports group chat in the Stakes app. After you download Stakes from the App Store, enter the code DIRTY and you're in. It's that easy. Chat and compete with me and Joe, like we're saying, along with all the other Dirtballs. Plus, Stakes is offering uh, our private group members special game perks. That might, that might increase your chances of winning free cash. Again, Stakes is only available right now on the iPhone and iPad, but play for free, no credit card or purchase necessary. No reason why you shouldn't be in there. You can, no do, you can do this. And I was watching NHL because I was in St. Louis. You can do this NHL games, Major League Baseball, NBA. Join the Stakes app today. Join our Dirty Sports group chat. Okay. A lot has been happening in the college football world, Joe Prano into my glasses just to see the uh, rundown. Yeah. So we've had a lot of things happen in the last 24 hours. First of all, the Pac-12 football players. Now, I I briefly read kind of a log line of this story. Pac-12 football players ended up having like a 400-man group text and are making like demands of the conference yeah kind of they're making demands but it's not just for football like they want to help out the other sports that's <laughs> it's nice of it's nice that the players are doing this yeah it's like uh, you know literally everybody's been saying that that the ncaa should do this forever and the players are like we got you we got you squash team so basically the players and i can pull up some of these again this was all happening truth be told uh wow I was with buddies, and I'm not necessarily paying the closest attention. But it's everything from a financial incentives to one of them is you need to keep the other sports. Right. We don't want to play. They don't feel safe. There's safety. There's the financial stuff. And basically what happened was I, I, I'm i sure this is probably related. Somebody leaked to the Washington Post a phone call. I believe it was the SEC commissioner. I could be wrong on that. Somebody high up in the SEC was basically recorded, and this was leaked and posted, that he confessed 
the only reason students are going to return to universities is for football. Is because we can't just send the football players back. We right. got to send the other students. Right. So then it all came out. And yeah. People were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So now you're risking other people too? All about that football cheddar, man. Right. So all this shit is coming out, and I've been saying it right forever now. I'm saying, guys, this is your chance, and it looks like the Pac-12 players are saying that. Like, we don't want to do this shit unless, who knows how the reality is of some of this stuff, but it, they're going to make these demands until this uh, thing is kind of figured out a little more. Yeah, because it's not figured out at all. Everybody's like, I mean, look at the professional sports leagues that have way smaller you know number of teams obviously obviously major league baseball or basketball or whatever doesn't have less teams than the pac-12 does but as ncaa as a whole there's way more teams and sports in the ncaa than there is in whatever we're talking about so far one league has gotten it right in the nba in like bubbling it up which is obviously not an option at all for these leagues. But the idea that if if baseball can't seem to manage 32 teams playing the same sport, the idea of the NCAA managing hundreds of teams across hundreds of sports yeah. is ludicrous. It really is. It's ludicrous. Now, what this is absolutely going to do is also expose the NCAA for being one of the worst governing bodies in the history. I mean, they're they're the they're the Olympic Committee on steroids. Yeah. With how much they don't give a shit about people, which how much they are completely driven by money, how it's like honestly kind of a scam. Yeah. So it's a hundred it was a hundred players across a conference. So this is where this whole thing gets even crazier. Now Sports Illustrated is reporting that the conferences themselves see the NCAA crumbling before our eyes. Right. And now each conference Boom. is saying. I've been waiting for this day. If this is what, by the way, if this is what comes out of the pandemic, cocktails to go and no more NCAA, this has been a win. W? The big, big fat W. Well, now they're saying each conference this fall is going to do sports without the NCAA being involved or sanctioned and create their own champions. Like the Big Ten will have their own football champion and their own cross-country champion and their own soccer champion. And the Pac-12 will have their own and the ACC. They're saying, we don't even need the NCAA. And they said it's headed towards that because with the power of these major conferences and the fact that there is the Big Ten network, right, the SEC network, those are all those own individual deals that they have with which I'm sure they have to give some stupid kickback to the NCAA for for doing what, for doing nothing, yeah, for, for the the NCAA as a whole forever has just been like, hey, we've got some ideas on how you guys can like have a national champion. It's all gonna go into a TI-82 calculator, and it'll spit out a number, and that number will be divided by fifty times pi. And that will determine two teams that get to play in a championship game. And that will be the champion. And you're like, this is what we have you for? Yeah. We know who the best teams are. And they're like, no, no, no. We've, we've got this. Condoleezza Rice is going to sit in the room with an abacus. And at the end of it, she will hand us a fortune cookie. And the fortune cookie will have two teams on it. 
and those teams will play for a championship. Like, we don't need the NCAA. We've never needed it. Yeah. I can't wait for it to burn down. Well, the NCAA is, you know, right? It's good fellas. Yeah. Fuck, fuck you, pay me. Right. But why? Right. So, it looks like it's all headed this way. Now, again, the players have to hold firm. I think they're finally realizing, thank God, the power that they've never, ever had before. Northwestern, let's not forget, tried to unionize in 2014. That was six years ago. A lot has happened since then. So we'll see. I I just, I don't understand why anybody would give in to them at all. They have no leverage. This is, I don't know if you saw this, this is literally kind of similar as far as no leverage what happened with Universal and AMC. I don't know if you know they just struck a deal. Yeah. So for anybody who didn't follow this, Universal Studios dropped that Troll 2 movie. First time they just went straight video on demand. Right. They didn't use the theaters. AMC... And it, and it, and it went fucking gangbusters. It went gangbusters. AMC... My niece and nephew watched it seven times before, like... They, they watched it... Like, the amount of time it would have taken them to go to the theater, watch it, and come home, they watched it three times. Exactly. Like, they couldn't get enough of it. So, AMC, which is the largest movie chain in the country, said, we're no longer going to show Universal Pictures. Oh, no. Which... Oh, no. Now I can't come to a Fast and Furious. Now I can't come to a germ-filled room with sticky floors where you're going to charge me a 9000 Percent upcharge on popcorn. You're gonna take something that costs a eleven cents to produce, and you're gonna charge me fourteen dollars for it. So now, oh, what am I gonna do without a disgusting seat that somebody's probably gotten a hand job in? Yeah. So obviously, the movie theater has no leverage. So now, in the old contract, they had to wait seventy-seven days. From a movie appearing in the theater before it went on video demand, Hulu, Netflix. And there's like awards show things. If a movie doesn't, you know, debut in theaters, it can't be awards. So that's why Roma was a Netflix movie, but it's out for two weeks in theaters first. So that shit's done. Yeah. So the new deal. Bye forever. Which was reached last week, at least through Universal and AMC as far as just those two. It's 17 days. So they cut it from 75 days to 17. So two and a half weeks. And then it can go video on demand. Which is basically saying, buy forever theaters. In a way, like yeah. theaters will be here, but two and a half weeks. You're not going to go to the theater, right? If you know a movie you want to see is going to only be out there for two and a half weeks. There are so few movies a year that come. I would say... One to two movies a year that come out that I'm like, I have to see it in that with sure. that experience. I'm going to go to see The Dark Knight in IMAX with the sound and whatever. But like, we're now to the point where I'm not going. I didn't see the last Star Wars is the first Star Wars film besides, you know, Star Wars one original that came out when I was negative two, you know, 1977 or whatever it was. Sure. That, I I mean, I started seeing Star Wars movies in the theater with Return of the Jedi. And I have seen 
Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back in theaters in my life. I've seen every Star Wars movie in a theater until the last one. I was like, no. Yeah. Why would I? Well, my point about bringing all this up is, guys, that's the players. I mean, it really is. The the NCAA athletes, and most mostly football and basketball, let's just be honest here, they're Universal Studios. Yeah. And the NCAA is the AMC theater chain. John, you got to spend 77 days yeah. in college before you can go to the pros. It's a rule. We've got it. You can't. It's like, pfft. and now guys are going, all right, I'm going to go to wherever and play. I'm going to take a year off and play. It's like, we need to take back the players, these athletes, people in general, need to take back from an organization that should have never really existed in the first place. The, the power that they have had, that they're using solely to make money. None of it has ever been for the betterment of kids, like student-athletes. Sure. None of it, ever. Yeah. And and here's the crazy thing of the effect this is all having. The Ringer did a good article today, which I read on my flight, about this. I forget who wrote it. But they did a good article. A white person, we know that. Yes. Oh, Ringer, shots fired. <laughs> about college football and just how we use this blanket statement. And I thought it was smart. And they actually focused on the state of Ohio. And it's like, guys, Ohio State. And they put the financials out there, which I love. They're like, Ohio State football, which obviously is always competing for a title for the most part. All the guys they send to the pros, their revenue is $100 million a year. Right. And then they said, well, what about Ohio University? They're like, the difference couldn't be, they couldn't be more farther from the difference. Ohio University, their big deal is if they play Ohio State and lose by 60 points, Ohio State pays them $1.5 million. That's a huge payday for them. And then they break down each division, right? How all the Division Two and Three guys are playing for free. They're not on scholarship. They pay tuition. And just how they, even the notion of college football as we see it, it's already so bracketed off. Like, they're saying Ohio State every year will play a Mac school. Yeah. They haven't lost to a Mac school since, like, 1898. Right. And the argument was the Bowling Greens, the Ohios, the Central Michigans, they play Ohio State because they need that money. Right. To get boat raced. And also, it does has no effect on them in their little conference. They're just, like, trying to win their little conference, go to their bowl game that, that the winner of the Mac goes to. And the, the idea of them going, you know— nine and two and losing to Ohio state and whoever else that they get to pay them to play them as their, their tune up game. They don't care. Yeah. But basically now that we're doing conference only now that's going to hurt all these other schools. Like the effects of all this, I don't think people realize it really truly is a butterfly effect, which I've been saying for a while about the NCAA as especially in the two majors and, and a little bit more so in baseball or just like a little bit of baseball, but really the two majors are basketball and football. You have 15 schools and everybody else. And the whole system is set up for those 15 schools to make a bunch of money and to sell all these TV deals and to do whatever. And, the rule, like the idea that you have 150 schools or whatever, and how 15 of them are run, sets the tone for all. 
it it's ridiculous. And that's kind of the point of the article. Yeah. How you you have these schools. Basically, the article is saying we've all been told a lie, and I and I agree because the psychology behind it is you hear the term college football, and you think of hundreds of schools, and that there's some sort of weird even playing field, when it's just not true, right? And it's not fair. And those 15 schools, like in those 15 schools, those football teams have nothing to do with the university. Essentially, the kid, like we are going on. My entire life, a history of these kids don't go to class. These kids don't like whatever. Like, sure, there's some exceptions in that. Of course, I'm not saying every big-time athlete didn't go to class. But, like, we have— Andrew Luck's the exception to the rule. We have 500 scandals since I was born about North Carolina's basketball team for five years. No one stepped foot on campus other than to go to the fucking gym. And we have 20 of those yeah. in basketball and 20 of those in football. And they're being paid under the table. And this is happening. And that's happening. Well, it's the like, Zion, I mean, have you followed the Zion thing at all right now? Yeah. I mean, the Zion Williamson thing right now with Duke and Nike and his stepdad. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. The Reggie Bush. We're pretending that there's the NFL and then there's student athletes but really, there is a middle ground, which is essentially, if you're a sure thing, especially in basketball, if you're a sure thing future NBA guy, you go to this minor league system, which really, even in college basketball, is five schools? I mean, what are we talking about? We're talking about Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, Kentucky like Kansas, Kansas, Michigan State, like... Who are the schools? Like, even Michigan State's not real. Like, you've got these schools that are essentially minor league teams that have nothing to do with university. Yeah. Nothing. Allen Iverson has never in his life been in a classroom at Georgetown. (laughs) Ever. Now, I've been in more classrooms at Georgetown than Allen Iverson has. Good school. It's an insane school. It's too good for me. I couldn't go to Georgetown. Yeah. I didn't assault somebody with a chair at a bowling alley five days before I graduated high school. Bless his heart. But he was an insane basketball player who went there as a stopover showcase, minor league showcase, and were acting like they're student athletes. What a fantastic opportunity to light the entire sham of a system on fire. Yeah. And here's the thing. For all the people that are on the internet writing about student athletes and guys who've competed their whole life, this this is to improve it for those guys who will never play a second of basketball after college. Well, you know, I got some blowback from my stance as far as Twitter's concerned. There were some of those people like, okay, you want these guys to give up their senior year? I never said it'd be easy, especially for the guys who aren't going pro. I never said giving up your last year of football would be easy. But like you just said, that's my point. It'd be pretty cool 30 years from now to say, yeah, I was one of the O-linemen on Cal's football team who was part of the Pac-12 deal. But none of these things are easy. Oh, you just want 
you just want farming in America to just like completely fucking disappear because we have to start paying all the people who work on farms? I mean, how are farms supposed to survive if we don't have free labor? It's like, yeah, dude, guess what? Slavery is a bullshit. Yeah, it's not easy. And the needle seems to be moving in the right direction. Again, we'll see. But the one other thing that no one's talking about, they have time on their side. It's August 3rd and counting. All this shit is happening and the season's supposed to get started around the September 26th. We're talking we're also talking about Andy. Look at the baseball. We're talking about millionaires who don't have to pretend they're in school, who don't have to do with anything, who are further along in age and maturity, and they can't stop making terrible decisions. True. Like going to the casino. The idea of 18 and 19 year old student athletes the the idea of football making it without the University of Miami having 75 guys with covid <laughs> i mean what is the over under on the on the amount of guys on the University of Miami's football team getting coronavirus i'm going to go with the over under being at 99.5% are you are you betting i'm bet and by the way i'm betting the over yeah it's a good point. Shut the shit down. Start it over. And by the way, for the guys who were talking about the seniors, give them the year of eligibility. We will have this sorted by next September. So if you're a senior, why are you going to play in some weird, you're going to wear a mask, you're not allowed to touch other guys on the football team, you're going to only play conference games, you can't win a conference championship, you can't win a national championship play next year come back you know how many 23 year old football players there have been in the history Chris Winkie was 31 when he was graduated from Florida State give him a year yeah join the XFL the Rock just bought it yeah right it's unbelievable so the Rock former WWE wrestler bought Vince McMahon's football league which I haven't watched. Which, by the way, he bought for fifteen million. Talk about like, you know, buying low. Buy low, sell high, man. Yeah. Right there. Didn't didn't Vince McMahon spend like half a billion on it or something like that? No, it wasn't that much. But, but it was it was in the triple digits, right? So The Rock bought it with an investment group, Redbird Capital Partners. They're estimating, as I look here. Oh, here it is. This is what you were talking about. Vince McMahon invested 200 mil in the league's second incarnation. So, uh, first of all, he's definitely pushing half a bill on doing this twice. On the like on the brand the XFL, which he's now attempted twice. Yeah. The Rock keeps the name, probably keeps some sort of, you know, some sort of the infrastructure and gets for 15 million. Yeah. Uh, Has anybody, have you met anybody who believed less in the XFL than this guy? 
I am now in on the XFL. Well, I, I'm in on the Rock. Cause I, That's I love, what I'm saying. I love the Rock. Because people, I don't even, I honestly, like, like the Rock is fine. Like, I'm not a I love the Rock guy. There are a lot of people who bone her out for the Rock. Seems like a great guy. Sure, whatever. Like, but I'm not like, a, I don't follow the Rock on Instagram. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, I know there's a lot of the Rock stands out there. And I, by the way, I have nothing negative to say about the Rock. Yeah. I'm just saying I don't like, okay, fine. Um, but I know people love him. So, like, I'm in on the XFL because of how many The Rock stands there are. Yeah. I've also been saying for a long time, the way we get out of, like, the two-party system is for somebody like The Rock to run, who just, like, crosses all genres, and it's just like, people love me. I'm going to... Like, what The Rock needs is, like, a smart middle of the road not no none of this political divide person to be behind him and the rock to just be the face of an actual progressive movement in this country but he's going to do it for football instead people like him man yeah I'm people bit, love the rock I, I like him a lot like i probably don't support him through some of his movies and tvs enough like shows enough like i the ballers lasted a couple seasons and i, I yeah. just i couldn't i couldn't <laughs> i can't eating the painkillers out of the box i couldn't do the, it in the street now obviously that's the joke that, jo- that, that was a fun move that's the joke today this is the real life ballers yeah i don't i don't we're see- talking about the rock is loaded 15 million with an investment group the rock did this is another one of those face of the deals. Yeah, he might be putting a mill into it or something. Yeah. And he probably gets a big chunk of the ownership. When does compared- he sleep? When does he sleep, dude? I follow The Rock on Instagram. When does this dude sleep? I've had a joke about it in my act forever, like about The Rock, like how people like on Instagram like get up and they're like, love. It. I go, when I see The Rock on Instagram working out at 5 a.m., I'm like, hey, Rock, have a nap, dude. Like maybe you'd have some hair if you slept once in a while. <laughs> I got. I mean, look. I get a solid seven to eight hours every night. I still got a full head of hair. Maybe, maybe the guy would have hang on to some hair if he took a day off. Never. I, watching The Rock work out at five a.m. doesn't make me want to work out. It makes me want to go talk to The Rock. Be like, hey man, relax. You're allowed to be a little bit smaller. You're not even a, a wrestler anymore. You don't have to be this big. He. I mean, he's unbelievable. Yeah. The, the two, and they're good friends, and I think I've talked about this. It's the two people who I'm like, when do they sleep? It's The Rock and Kevin Hart. Yeah. Kevin Hart, after, and he was really funny, by the way. Kevin Hart's a robot, though. That's why he doesn't sleep. Kevin Hart was Kevin on. Kevin Hart's like. Did you watch Inside the NBA? Kevin Hart's a Furby. He, that's why he's, that's why if you ever watched Kevin, Kevin Hart has like 12 catchphrases. Because he's not actually a human. He can't rip. He's just going. Eh, eh. So he was on Inside the NBA. Yeah. Did you watch it? Just like with five prepared jokes for roasting each of the guys. Yeah. Yeah. But my thing was, he was doing it in some random, like, blank. You're like, dude, take a nap. Yeah. These guys just, they don't. They're like, well, Kevin Hart, why aren't you at your house? Because I don't have a house. Because I live in a box. Because I'm a robot. Yeah. I'm a comedy robot. What would be your move if you had the XFL? Like, is there something you do that you see that they've missed or something that they haven't maybe tried? Yeah. So here, here's what I would do if I had the XFL. 
All right. First of all, sadly, the name XFL is so stop. Stop with this branding. That's like the four loco of football. Extreme FL. Every time any team across any sport goes retro, it's a win. Look at the Chargers new uniforms. Look at the Rams when they go from like gold to like whatever. Look at whatever. Go back. Go American Football League. Exactly. Go USFL. Like the USFL was all like cowboy this and like, you know, the Rough Riders and whatever. Dial it back a little bit. Make it like stop trying to be extreme and make everything bigger. Make it simpler. People hate the way sports has become so corporate and everything so pushed. Dial it back a little bit. And also take just the the simplest thing if I was starting a new sports league is to look at what people are saying they hate about other leagues and do the opposite. You know, McMahon's thing with the XFL when he rebranded it the second time was the whole remember the whole anthem thing? And then so he was like But he didn't Right. But he was like we're going to have – none of our guys are going to have criminal backgrounds. And he was like tr- – the the initial push, the r- initial press release is we're going to be some sort of conservative football league. Take all of that out of it. Just be like the XFL, football, and nothing else. Well, yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. I, I think now sports have become – Be like, we're not going to play the anthem. We're going to play – you know, just don't play the anthem. We're gonna play Hell's Bells before every game because it pumps people up. Yeah, there, there really is. Okay, I see you on this. There really is something of a non-politicized sports event. I mean, I'll, but here's the thing: the 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 pol- the politics of football and the like the anthem and yes, like it's gone. This whole thing where it's a, like. I'm not talking about curbing anybody doing anything. I'm just going, we're not even doing that. But, do whatever you want. But we're not doing – there's not going to be a flag involved in our game. But, but that's my point. My point is I thought a lot about this this weekend. We went from the NFL doing these grand gestures of patriotism with the, the giant flag, and we've gone now from that – to the other side of which that's pageantry. Let's just call it what it is. That grand flag, that's pageantry. And I'm just going to say but it. But it was just it, it the, the thing is it's just been money on both sides. But that's my point. Now the NBA is doing the other political end of their grand pageantry. And I do think this you get lost. And and I'm not saying I am a firm believer in kind of what you're saying. I think now you take all that out of it. This isn't me saying I don't want free speech. This is me just saying, hey, here's a league. There's no anthem. So you can't do either of those because there's no anthem. I'm talking about I'm talking about none, no anything. You want to go to the locker room and the, the, the reporters come in and they go like, uh, how is the ref? Yeah, the refs suck today. And, uh, you know, I think it's bullshit. You're not. No. Why would we find that guy? 
So you're saying like no holds barred, complete, unfiltered, uncensored. Just, it's just about football. And guess what? When a guy blows a call, the idea that you can't go in the locker room and say a guy blew a call or you're going to be punished is ludicrous. The NFL, the NBA, baseball, they're always trying to protect the brand. Sure. What a sports league needs to do, and no league is better for it, maybe baseball if, if Rob Manfred, I mean, if they let me commission or baseball, but no sport I mean, in modern America, is better fit for it than football. The XFL. Football only. You want to talk shit about the... You want to trash the ref? Trash the ref. You want to dance? Dance. You want to excessively celebrate? Excessively celebrate. Who? What do I care? Why, 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 why is taunting a penalty? Now, safety... Sure, we'll have all the safety shit in place. I'm not saying headhunting. I'm not the the XFL tries to do that. Like we're gonna be extreme, helmet to helmet. It's like cool with us still. It's like what? That's stupid. No, no one's saying the problem with football is that you that like there's not enough concussions. We're gonna do all the safety stuff. But if you deck a guy safely and you stand over him, I don't give a shit. You stand. You guys do your own thing. Yeah. Just take all of the shit out of it. Take all of the take all of the bullshit that they they implant in all these sports and all the things. Guess what? We looked at that penalty after the fact, and the dipshit ref fucked it up. And we're we're replaying the game from that moment. When when these two teams play again in week fourteen, we're starting over. In the fourth quarter, and then they'll play the second game. We fucked it up. Own it. Be, be, have some competitive spirit. Stop making everything about the money. The money will come if you provide a good product. Yeah, I agree. Football without the fuss doesn't need to be extreme. <laughs> That's a good little tagline. Football without the fuss. Yeah. Dial it all back. Well, you what you're doing is basically saying, let's go back to the basics. Yeah. Let's go back to the bare bones. Why do we watch this sport? We watch it because it's actually a fun. It's an incredible sport. Beautiful sport. It's insanely incredible. All these sports. They are. Are very, like, the beauty is in the simplicity of the games that were created 100 years ago. Well, it's true. I was actually discussing that this weekend with my buddies, saying, the the beauty of a team that passes the ball and encompasses all these things that make basketball beautiful. And we were watching hockey, and it was the same way, right? Like, when you see guys who pass the puck around, who know how to play together as one. And, that, and that's the thing, same thing with football. It's and just, just owning a lot of the issues that people have. The NFL tries to avoid every issue. They try to dance around it. They try to avoid, own every issue. Hi, we're the XFL. We understand football is dangerous. If you want to play here and you last five years in this league, we will take care of you. We're not pretending this isn't dangerous. It's dangerous. But also, we're going to take care of you. You're not going to be a vegetable the rest of your life because we're pretending football isn't dangerous. Yeah. Do we want to cover this? OBJ? You're like two colors in your uniform. Two. Black and white. Blue and red. 
Green and yellow. You're allowed two colors in your uniform. Two. Do we want to cover this OBJ thing? Sure. I don't know what's there to cover because he did the article. I was just skimming through it as you were talking. He did the article before. Wall Street Journal did an interview with Odell a couple weeks ago. In it, he said something that uh, is undoubtedly true. Yeah. That the NFL doesn't give a shit about any single player in the league. At all. Somebody asked me the other day what percentage chance I give of the NFL finishing, and I would say very high because I will be starting at quarterback for the Packers before the NFL gives up on a season. They don't care about anybody. So Odell Beckham saying that the owners don't give a single fuck about us this is was, 100% true. Yeah, this was before they came to the agreement. With the NFLPA and the owners. And I don't know why this was delayed, but... Because the Wall Street Journal smartly said, if we put it out now, it's some sort of story about the negotiations with the league. And if we hold it for two weeks and run it like it's a separate thing and put in small writing that it happened, that we did this two weeks ago... And no one has a fucking subscription to the Wall Street Journal. So they all read, yeah. So they all read a nugget of it in a tweet thread. They, they literally. And everybody will just go, oh, no, Beckham's a fucking diva. They're pretty transparent with it, though. Right. But also, no one fucking has a Wall Street Journal subscription. Under the headline, it literally says just before training camp. Well, I do. Thank you, Walt Ruther. That's the one thing he shares with me. But you know what? People are dumb. People don't know just before training camp means a couple weeks ago. Training camp is happening now. Right. Guys are dropping like flies, by the way. Right. Guys are opting out. There's these COVID things, which is like, I'm not sure. Like, Matthew Stafford has COVID, isn't playing because of COVID, is taking a couple weeks off. Same same for Gardner Minshew. Right. Did you see? Like, I, I don't know. Nothing tells me he has it. Nothing tells me he's opted out for the season. He's just like, is he just doing, I'm not coming to camp for a while because of COVID concerns? I'm going to limit my. Dude, the thing is, on, on these sports, though, man, you know this. Football- this is what I was saying to your your buddies, though. Like, your, your, your crew who didn't show up. This is what, for your weekend. Anybody can use COVID as an excuse now for anything. Yeah. Not coming because of COVID. That's what Cespedes did. The idea that anybody is like, it could just be Matthew Stafford just is a veteran quarterback and doesn't need camp. And I'll show up in a couple weeks. COVID concerns. You know what I was thinking? Um, I, had this, I had this set for a tweet. I thought of this last night. Speaking of COVID. It's so stupid, but you know there's dudes out there who are doing this. You know there's dudes out there, you talk about using that as an excuse, who were supposed to get married. They don't want to get married. The wedding continues to get pushed. You know there's men out there who are like, I never want COVID to end so I don't have to marry this bitch. Probably women, too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And, and, or marry this dude. There, there's people out there who want COVID to never end because they don't want to marry somebody. It's a great excuse, COVID. You can really get out of some shit. Yeah. Um, so it's it's all, but like the 
the problem with this Odell Beckham thing is it's like a great microcosm of like how people look at certain NFL players. Like just go under any of the tweets about the Schefters, whatever. Oh, fucking diva should opt out then. It's like, first of all, he hasn't said he is. He hasn't said he's opting out. He's saying, I love football. And if football's happening, I'm playing. But I don't think we should play. I actually think it shows like that he has half a brain. And it also shows that he cares about football. He's not opting out. He's going to play. He's also saying the league just shouldn't happen. Which if we look at baseball... Probably shouldn't happen. Yeah. And also, the statement that the NFL doesn't give a shit about them. If you think the NFL gives a shit about one single player, you're so dumb and should stop watching sports. They don't give a fuck about Tom Brady. They don't give a fuck about Aaron Rodgers. They don't give a fuck about Odell. They don't give a fuck about Saquon. There is nobody that is bigger than the league. Nobody. If Tom Brady says Roger Goodell is a piece of shit tomorrow, Tom Brady's gone. Done. No one is bigger than the league. <coughs> yeah. Not the truth with basketball. Well, I just, I don't know, man. I just, I don't know how this, this plays out. Again, we're at the same point. It's It's pretty funny if you think about it. Like, People are so scared to do stuff. And we're talking about guys tackling each other. And obviously they're making money. It's a risk-reward situation, but man, I would not feel comfortable. I don't know. Like, ask yourself this, dude. What would you feel comfortable getting paid to risk getting COVID? But, again, basketball has shown us the way. These guys are sweaty, mostly naked. Which, by the way, put them on the bench together. That's, that's, that's come on, this right? Is so stupid. They're dapping each other up after games. Yeah, they're hugging. But what they're saying is, if you, I mean, qu- like, quarantine has been a thing we've been doing for months. If you quarantine people and you know those people are healthy, do whatever you want. Have an orgy. But the NFL is not doing that. I, if I'm an NFL player, I'm not concerned with tackling a guy. I'm concerned with tackling a guy who can't not go to a casino. Yeah, that's a good point. Fair you enough. We're with Walt for 80 days. You went golfing over the weekend. You hung out with four dudes in St. Louis. I'm fairly certain you're probably okay. Yeah, no bars, no restaurants, one restaurant. And that was the thing. You didn't go to a concert. If you were like, dude, I went to a concert yesterday, I'd be like, I'm going to keep doing the Zoom thing for like two weeks. Yeah. My buddy, he had, he had some edibles and some booze in him. I was out of my mind on edibles. And he tossed it out there. He said, man, we should go to the east side. The east side is all the, the clubs and strip clubs in East St. Louis. I looked at him. I said, no fucking way. I said, dude, we've enjoyed hanging outside next to your pool. Watching sports, had a great meal. I was like, dude, it's it's just not worth it. Like, I think he was half kidding, but he definitely wasn't. Because if I say, let's go to Eastside, let's go to Larry Flint's Hustler Club, 
that's the I'm like, I got to go back to L.A., man. I'm going to be on a flight. Yeah. That's disrespectful to my whole flight. And also you and Tug and whoever. But, look, the the difference is, okay, forget all the Athletes are never going to change. Dude, Plaxico Burris took a gun to a fucking club in his sweatpants. Chris Henry was doing the fucking, you know, Teen Wolf in the back of a pickup truck. Motherfucking Dante Stallworth went fucking Grand Theft Auto down a fucking street. Like, the idea of asking athletes to act responsible is actually asking him far too much. Yeah. So, the only situation, like, they were roasting the NBA on on Thursday when the game started. Like, oh, they filled a pond with fish. Good. Good. Also, put fucking Rolexes in the pond. Let them catch those. Like, give these dudes something to do. You know what I'm saying? Put fucking Instagram models at the bottom of this lake. Let them fucking reel in a couple of them. Just make sure they had COVID tests. Yeah. Like, the idea that they were roasting the NBA for, like, filling a pond with fish so that these players just want to go fishing. It's like, that's exactly what you should do. Give them something to do. Yeah, keep the mind occupied. Well, I did not check the hotline, but I would love some calls for Thursday's episode. 310. Call heavy episode. Yeah. 310-359-8365. That's 310-359-8365. It's been a minute been a nice long minute wonder what's in there all right it's good to be back guys thanks for all the love thanks for all the uh venmo donations thank you for just all the support we made it back we made it together it's august and here we are it's good to be back andy yeah it is good to be good back. to be back in the smut studio it's good to be back on the couch it's good to be back doing this live yeah and much love to tug for keeping my place in order and stocking up my fridge with Trader Joe's and giving me a Trader Joe's gift card. I mean, Tug has, Tug has really set the bar high, yeah. Joe. Tug can go fuck himself. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. You can follow me at Andy Ruther. That's it for me. At Joe Prano on Instagram, at Fix Your Life on Twitter. Uh, yeah, I guess that, that's it for me. All right, guys. Have a great week. We'll be back at it on Thursday from the Smut Studio. Be smart, be safe, and as always, stay dirty.